In a world filled with questions, there's one role that often leaves us searching for the right words, parenting. Introducing What to Say When, a podcast that equips parents with tools to navigate the beautiful and challenging journey of raising children. Together, we'll explore a wide range of topics from handling tough conversations to nurturing resilience to helping you become a confident and compassionate parent. What to say when. Because the right words can make all the difference. Oh, yay. Oh, the first special guest of the season. She's not new to the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Um, but new to this particular season of What to Say When, it's Kathy Kuhn, our counseling Yay, ministry director hey, here at Church. Hey. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited about just sitting here with you all and, and having these conversations. It's going to be awesome. Without anybody having to say how old they are, um, because we don't want to do that, uh, we would also just kind of get to acknowledge um, how, how old is the youngest kid among the four of us? Two. That's Chase Alice. has, Chase has the youngest. And how old is the oldest kid that is among us? I'm going to go 27. Kathy, that's impossible. You win. It is impossible. You win. But way to go. You win. Look at that. Like we have kids between 2 and 27 and some teenagers and preteens and young adults and babies in the mix. And so that's, that's kind of a cool breadth of the parenting journey. And mm. so yeah. we're excited about today. Yeah. I love it. And so, okay, before we start today. Oh, yeah, you've got a topic for I us. I have a topic for us okay. because um, speaking of all the kids and all the different ages. I'm hearing that people like this in the podcast as much as anything <laughs> okay. else. I, I don't love know what it. that says about our content, but I think <laughs> they, actually, they actually don't even listen to the back Yeah, they're just they like, what are they the talking about today? It's okay. Okay, I'm on my phone a lot, like too much. Like that's a whole podcast. I get Why it. are you trying to shame I get us? It. But <laughs> I use it a lot. It's like my other computer. Confess. Yes. But I was thinking, this is confession yeah. moment, but I was thinking through all the apps that I use a lot. And I thought it might be kind of fun for us to share, like if there's an app that really helps us, not necessarily in, it can be in parenting. That it helps could be us? in, or one that you use a lot, like one that like, this is the best game right now out there. Maybe that would help okay. somebody de-stress. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, Chick-fil-A okay. app count. Maybe okay. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So, I have a few that I use a lot, but I wanted to hear what y'all's are. I'll share mine. If, do you have an app that you use a lot that you feel like you guys should download this app? Uh, I don't know. Chase, what do you use Gmail. a lot? Gmail. Okay. So there's <laughs> this thing called Gmail, parents, and yes. you Gmail, can you correspond with others okay. so much quicker you know, than snail mail. I, I will say that I'll add another one personal. Um, it's, it's called Pause. Yeah, you've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. And it, it gives you um, just incremental times, whether that's one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute, it kind of builds you up to where you can have a time throughout your day to pause, reflect and pray. And so, yeah, that pause is one of those that I cherish. I find useful in yeah. my own personal journey. And you pause. And I pause. I love it. it yeah, it pops up on my screen every day. You need to pause. And I'm in the you middle of something busy. It. I'm like, I can't do it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I love do it. snooze a lot. <laughs> but snooze it. I'll pause later. <laughs> I'll pause later. <laughs> it's too much happening. Kathy, do you have any apps that you like? Okay. Yes, I have a whole, I guess you would call it a folder on my phone yes. of weather apps. I am obsessed. <laughs> You're I am, a weather person. I am obsessed with the weather. I can almost always tell you what the weather is going to be. What's your favorite? And your well, honestly, I have different weather. Weather channel. Oh, no, I have all of them. I have all of them. Um, and even if I am looking outside and it's storming 
I will check my weather apps to make sure it's actually, it's actually raining storming, storming. outside. <laughs> yes. Do you follow the Twitter guy, like the National yes, Weather yes, RX? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's, funny. Weather X. it's fantastic. Super I do. accurate. Yep. Can you actually just set an alert on your phone to notify me whenever bad weather's coming? I will. Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. I would want to be in that text group. Too. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. I love the weather. That I is so fun. I would love to say that mine is something super impressive, like RunKeeper. Um, I do have it, and it keeps reminding me that I haven't used it in a while. Um, but I, it's probably just something like Instagram or Twitter, which is sad. And no, but I mean, it is a, kind of a news feed or whatever. Yeah. It kind of helps you kind of know what's going on yeah, and yeah. connect or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's probably one of the social media or I my calculator. Like... Take that calculus teacher who told me wow. I would need to remember things in life. You're not going to always have a calculator with you wherever you go. Yeah, you See will. Yes, yes, you, you do. Will, actually. And you do. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> um, mine, one of mine is really boring, but it's very helpful for Keith and me, for my husband and me. We use a to-do list. It's like, I think it's just Microsoft to-do, but we put all of our, like we have lists for like what meals we're doing this week. Like I put them on there and then we have another one that's for shopping lists. So if we need whatever from Target or whatever from Kroger and we both just see it in the same place. So if one of us happens to be out and can stop, it doesn't take a whole bunch of phone calls to figure out what we need. It's so silly, but like it has just helped us. And does it check off? Like you you check something, you, you check, check off, off. but it doesn't it? disappear. Yes. So if you accidentally check something off or you realize you need two, two of something, you can go back and see what you checked off previously. Like just little like tools like called? that. It's Microsoft to do like so boring, but like, I it, need to know, I need to, but there's a million of them out there like that, but a to-do list that's shared that's fantastic. is really helpful. A, share, a shared, a shared to-do, to-do list. list. Yeah. That's great. It's really helpful. And he's an Android guy and I'm an uh, Apple girl. So we can't, we sharing notes doesn't work as well. So honestly that was our go around, but that's hard. That's like when an Auburn fan marries puts, an Alabama fan kind of thing. Like that's oof. a, that's oh a yeah, it's kind of hard, deal. but we make it work. Who puts more stuff on the to-do list? Oh, for sure. And then who checks more stuff off of the to-do But honestly, he is fantastic at using it. And you know what he does do? Like major credit to him. He goes into the Kroger app or the Target app or whatever and clips the coupons. So he's honestly, his his job is just as valuable as me adding to the list. I really hope that Susan is not listening to this (laughs) because I am definitely going to hear, you know, Keith Akers clips the coupons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Susan. <laughs> That's okay. No, I it's going it. to be to me. Okay. Oh, man. I love it. Great. Great. Okay, this good is a great segue. The idea, isn't is the, it? Is it a good the segue? Isn't really good? It's like, checkmark. Doesn't the checkmark make you great. feel good yes. about mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. Which is a great segue into the fact that we are talking about self-worth today, <laughs> um, which Kathy, that's obviously why we invited you because we just recognize our need for extra input and extra expertise where this topic is concerned mm-hmm. um, and extra experience. And so we're thrilled that you're here. Um, I'm going to full on disclaimer, acknowledge the fact that as we dove deep into this, and maybe it was just me, but I think you guys are there too. We recognized that this topic of self-worth, um, what do we do when our kids are struggling with it? How do we develop resilient kids? It is way bigger than the time that we have allotted for this conversation, Mm -hmm. even to promote other opportunities for people to investigate and have those conversations. So we are committing ourselves today. You want to raise your right hands and say, I will do this. Um, We will come back to this conversation at a future episode. Kathy, that means you're going to say yes to another invitation. I'm in. I'm in. Thanks, Kathy. To come back and keep this conversation going. So at any point today where we navigate to the spot where we've just got to stop and say, Okay, that's the end of this episode, and we really didn't come to any great conclusions. That's okay, because we're going to come back to this, Um, and I think that's a good deal. It is a really big topic, Um, and in order to start it well, we ought to just go with a definition on the outset. How are we going to define self-worth and what it looks like for us to build a healthy, 
self-esteem in the life of our kids? So what I are think the definitions? A, yeah, I think a running definition for us could be this self-worth or self-esteem can be defined as a as confidence in your worth or ability, a measure of how valuable or worthwhile you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sense of self begins and ends with you and is dependent on your ability to hang on to the essence of who you are. So that could be a running definition for us. I think it's a good one. And, and nuts and bolts, it's just basically how you see yourself um, and how you perceive what you bring to any other opportunity. Op- opportunity in life or any other conversation at the table. Um, I read that regarding kids, it's fundamental to adolescent development, childhood development, adolescent. It's fundamental to their psychological well-being. Um, It's fundamental to our psychological well-being. It's fundamental to a person understanding who they are. Um, And it's linked to a person being more resilient, um, having a greater sense of control, which is a weird conversation to have because as believers, we want to recognize that we're not in control, that God's in control. But one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so we do know what we can control in any situation. Um, It's also linked to the capacity to act independently, which we're not out to raise great kids. We're out to raise great Christ-following adults in the future. And so we want there to be some sort of independence. Um, It's linked to feeling secure um, and your overall sense. It, It integrates into everything, even the other conversations that we're having in the life of this podcast. And so I'm glad we're tackling this topic today. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Yep. All right. So, Kathy, oh. what are the signs? <laughs> How can we as parents like like observe and or just intuitively know what are the signs? Like what are the issues that we need to look for in our kids to know that they're struggling with self-worth or that they don't have an appropriate self-esteem? Um, give us some nuggets that we can look for in the lives of our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so interesting is I was thinking about this topic, when we think about self-esteem, often we think about this in maybe late elementary, middle school, high school, right? Mm -hmm. And I would venture to say that all of us probably still struggle with what our worth is, right? Um, But if you look back, if you have little ones, um, think about the times that they came home and they were no longer someone's best friend or they weren't invited to the little club, right? The school, preschool club or whatever it is. And so they're they're learning about their worth from very, very, very early on. And as parents... We are a main contributor, a main source of positive and negative experiences in developing who they are. What we're going to talk about is who they are in the Lord, right? From such an early time period. And then the older they get, the more access to other people and experiences and rejection or um, approval that they will receive. And so as parents, we just play such a, a crucial role in that. And some of the things that we can look for in our kiddos, even early on, um, is things like fear of failure, uh, yeah. fear of not wanting to start something new because they're afraid that they're not going to do it well, or maybe something that oh, they man. used to be interested in, they're no longer interested in. Um, the way that they speak about themselves, I'm disgusting, I'm ugly, nobody likes me, mm. isolating, um, wanting to change the way that they look, or are you noticing that they change the way they act when they're around different groups of people? And I would also say we probably (laughs) fall into that really well, Um, or maybe hypersensitive to rejection, 
um, what people think, jealousy. Um, and so you're looking for changes in their behavior, changes in emotions, changes in how they um, interact with other people, changes in maybe types of relationships that they have. If they're super, super um, mindful of maybe one particular person and what that person thinks and what that person might say about them, or just isolating from all types of different groups of people. But really, you're looking for what are the things that are coming out of their mouth? What are the words they're saying? What are the things that they're doing? And are they different from maybe things that they've done in the past? I'm glad. I'm so glad you acknowledged that because we're in, we're, our, our daughter's seven. So it, we're in that phase. You, typically, when you think about self-worth, you think, okay, the, the, kids who struggle with this or kids who are creating their self-worth or that fourth grade up, you know, you got the, the middle schooler who's really going through all these changes. Mm-hmm. And then you got the high schoolers as new friend groups or they're transitioning from eighth grade to ninth grade. They're trying to figure out the new school and they're, they're getting feedback um, about maybe who they are, who, how they see themselves. But really it goes, it goes a lot younger and acknowledging that, you know, whenever they do come home and they, they have a, somebody didn't play with them on the playground or whatever it is to not breeze past it and acknowledge it for what it is. And, and, and say there's, they're writing a story here about their self-worth and about their self-esteem that we, we can contribute to. So I, I do think it's important to acknowledge that it's all age, age ranges. And there's a foundational piece to this conversation that we acknowledge as believers and leaders in the church is that, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short in the glory of God. Like there is just this base level of who we are by nature as mm. sinners and right from the very beginning. And I think I think there's far more to this conversation that we, we just tip the iceberg in terms of unpacking what the enemy did when he tempted Adam and Eve with that particular fruit. Um, that, that knowledge of good and evil, that awareness of who you are, as an Imago Dei, the image of God, but then also who you are now as a sinner and what that looks like even in Genesis 11 when they're wanting to build a tower. It wasn't so they could reach God. It was so they could make a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like there's always that striving. What's my name? What's my identity? What role do I have? What role do I play? And anytime we fall short of that, which we will because of sin, how do we grapple with that? How do we reconcile the fact that we're sinners and yet we're created in the almighty image of God and what an incredible creator he is. So there's this balance, this yin yang to, yes, I'm a sinner, but I'm created. I'm created by almighty God to bear his image in the world. And once we've experienced salvation and we're redeemed by Jesus, we have a place. And I think the world just continues to want to take that place and take that image and take that understanding away from us. And so we live in that in between of knowing that we're sinners, just acknowledging that we're not perfect and yet grappling with mm-hmm. what we are as an image bearer of Christ. It's a, it's a hard thing to do for me as an adult. It's, it's hard for adult. me to even wrap my mind around the definition of it, much less implant that into the life of my kids. And so we want to talk about what helps foster um, a really positive self-image in the life of our kids. Um, what are the things that we want to lean into the most? I mean, I, first and foremost is who they are because of God's love for them. And, you know, the world is, speaks so loudly that who we are is because of what we look like Mm -hmm. or what we've accomplished. It's all about what we've done to earn 
our identity. Um, but the Bible, the Bible is the complete opposite about of that, right? Jesus Christ is all about what He did for us while we were yet sinners, um, and it's just so contradictory what the Bible teaches, what we are wanting to teach our children in the home, and then what the world is speaking so loudly. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I think it's, it's really good because I think uh, when we foster positive self-image or you know, those kind of things, I think it's easy to do that in terms of comparing to somebody else on that, well, well, at least you can do this, or at least you can, they can't do this, but at least you could do this, instead of looking through, continually go, going back into... Um, going back to what, what God says about them and who they are. And we go back to Genesis one twenty seven. You already mentioned it. We created an image of God. You yeah. got Psalm 139, who you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. God created uniquely and, and, and wonderfully. And Ephesians 2, 2.10 is that you're God's workmanship. And going back to these verses, I think, remind us. And I think you have to go, always go back to reminders of our intri- intrinsic worth as creations of God and his deep love for us. And I think by understanding his deep, deep love for us and self-worth, um, we have to do it through through God's word, mm-hmm. right? It can't happen any other way. You can't happen by comparing to things of this world or you have to really go back to what God says about who they are. Yeah, because there's some things, I mean, the world is prompting us, like Kathy said, with those loud images all the time. Yeah, um, And there's some stereotypical ones. Like I think we can acknowledge as much as... Um, gender identity and gender roles. And we are going to get to that as a conversation of a podcast at some point, but there is some sort of stereotypical image that is kind of put on kids at a really young age of what's masculine, what's feminine, what's worthy of love and admiration and even attraction. Like what does the world tell us about those things? And whenever you get to that point in life, maybe it's middle school, maybe it's high school, when you start to realize I don't look like, sound like, act like, what, whether it's the whole world or just my social sphere at school says is valuable, then I must not be valuable because I don't measure up to that. I'm not as athletic. I'm not as outgoing. I'm not as whatever you want to fill in the blank with. Then you start to compare. And we've already said That's before, right. comparison leads to depression. And and part of that self-worth is just evaluating your, evaluating yourself in the context of what is considered by society good or beautiful or awesome. And whenever you start to feel a deficiency in those places, it can lead to feelings of low self-worth, self-esteem. That's good. Yeah. When we talk about the, just the self fostering that positive self-image, I think one of the ways to do that is to, and we we said this a minute ago, is to be observant, Mm. is to really put on new ears and new eyes as a parent. I'm doing that right now. I know with a kid going into middle school, I'm hearing things differently than I heard them before. It's kind of like what you were talking about, Kathy, not just from my child, but from the friends around my child, from the, the media that is geared towards her. And even from... Um, friends and family that are in our sphere, things that they might say that they're not thinking through that lens. I I mean, man, I better get a salad. I'm feeling huge today. Mm -hmm. Things like that, Mm -hmm. like silly little simple things that we just flippantly say. And I started realizing like as a parent with my kid going through that stage, this might in light of what we're looking at right now, in light of what we're talking about, this is going to ring differently to my child than it than it did to me in the season that I'm in. And so we had to have conversations That's about good. that with even with friends and family. Uh-huh. Hey, can we can we be careful about the language that we use because we're having this conversation right now? Mm. So almost combating negative image 
to help foster, Positive you know, image. and replace it with, oh, this good. is so good for me. Like mm-hmm. this food is so good for me as opposed to, I have to do this because, because of, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I want to hear from you based on what you just said. And you too, Kathy, how important is the image that we have of ourselves when we're talking about fostering? Like yeah. how important is what I think about me and what I say about me as important an adult, oh, as, as an adult 100%. and what my kids pick up on? It started with me yeah. when, when we were having that conversation. And, and when my kid was at that stage, it started with my husband and me talking about what things are we saying at home that we don't. And that's what I'm talking about, putting on new eyes and new ears and observing in a different way than you have been. And really paying attention to every word that comes out of my mouth and the ways, the ways that I shop, the way mm-hmm. this, the ways that I just address all kinds of things around us had to adjust a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, no, you're going to have the... Absolutely. I mean, kids are smart and they, yeah. they are observant. Mm-hmm. And the things that we're saying, not that we are not going to do this perfectly. We just mm-hmm. aren't. Hallelujah. We just aren't. We can acknowledge that. But the, yeah. Yes. But the things that we're saying need to match the things that we're doing. Yeah. And... We can't get out of this conversation without talking about it's really going to come down to the heart behind why we're saying what we're saying, why we're doing what we're doing. And, um, you know, I found with my kids, you know, there were there were different kids that struggled with different areas. And so I needed to be really aware of the things that were coming out of my mouth, even in the way that I was maybe Hmm. not on purpose, but comparing them to one another Mm -hmm. or comparing them to what I wanted to be or what I wasn't or what I thought they should be doing. And um, so you have to be so careful about what you're what you're watching, what you're taking in, what you're saying, what you're doing, because they're watching those things. And if we're modeling, you know, as women, I must look a certain way, I must eat this certain way because I'm worried about what I think or because I'm worried about what other people mm-hmm. think, then why wouldn't I think that my child would right. would do mm-hmm. the same? You know, but if I'm speaking about food, I'm speaking about exercise as I'm taking care of my body because that's because I want to I'm a representative of of the Lord and everything that God has given mm. me, I want to be a good steward of it, then that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a wrinkle in here? Go yeah. for it. I, I think as we look at this, fostering positive self image cannot happen if we're devaluing other people. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And and if our kids are watching that happen, I think that they take on also this negative perspective of self-image that can, they can internalize as well on them. If, If mom and dad think that way about them, or if, or if they, you know, we're right now also in a political season, uh, and and so, if if they have that that view of that person, and it feels like they're kind of devaluing the person who's made in the image of God, what does that say to the next generation? That's does that make a sense? Whole, mm-hmm. yeah. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building mm-hmm. others up. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the thing that we have to be aware of when I'm tearing myself down or I'm using negative talk towards my kids, when I use negative talk towards other people, they're not in the room. It's just about them. That can put some sort of image in my kid's mind that that attribute or that action is not good. Um, And it may not be, but when we do that and then they take that on, I can see how that would be 
such a challenge later in life. I read um, this whole list. I was looking up a lot of things and trying to read as much as I could leaning into this. Like, what are some things that foster a negative self-image? And some of them were super obvious to me, which I just, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And some of them were like, oh, that's a big surprise. Um, obviously peer victimization, like kids who are struggling with a bully or somebody that's using negative words about mm-hmm. them or to them. I mean, that can, the idea of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I oh, can't yes. think of a worse mm-hmm. lie. It's mm-hmm. just terrible. Mm-hmm. And so it's true. Those words stick with you. The words bruise matter. is going to heal, mm-hmm. but the word lasts. Um, obviously that academic stress, our kids have so much yeah. more pressure than we did um, at their age and stage of life. And I think that continues, whether it's academic or athletic or just social pressures, um, you add that to the fact that people are all the time on social media and posting and sharing and liking and not liking, just that whole stress, obviously negative feedback, that made sense to me. But this is the one that stuck out as like high praise, that that praise can be a significant factor in I mean, this low self-esteem. Here's this, I don't know, psychological mm. scientific mm-hmm. journal. Um, what it found is that overly positive inflated praise sets an unattainable standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even by and looking at our kids and our, our three are so different, I, I had to start reconciling with, I've got a kid that's really good at so-and-so. And so if I, if I praise that all the time and I compliment that all the time, my kid that's good at something else somehow might be internalizing because I'm not good at that. I'm not as worthy as she. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So like even overly inflated praise can be a thing that we have to like really guard against. Like, or, or even the thing that they're good at, if we praise them for that over and over again, my worth is in this. Yes, yes that's this exactly is why I'm valuable. What happens I'm good if I get a 99 more instead or, of a 100? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was just kind of new information to say, oh, I even have to guard the praise mm-hmm. or even have to, what place is that coming from? And, and what's the motivation behind it? Is an encouragement that's meant to foster the effort or am I only celebrating the achievement? Because that yeah, makes wow. such a difference. That's it. That's something mm-hmm. I was thinking about too is effort versus achievement 100%. and figuring out how to celebrate. You worked so hard. Like way to spend all of that time working so hard process, to this goal yeah. that you had as opposed to you made it past the finish line. That's great. That is a great thing to celebrate. But how, where are we putting the emphasis? Is it the effort or the achievement? I love yeah. that. That's really good. Because in effort, no matter if they fail, they still feel... They still six, put in a yeah, lot of time yeah. and hard work and they grew in the process yep. in some way. Well, this kind of pushes us into the whole conversation about resilience because we don't want to just, we're not going to raise kids that are good at everything, but how do we raise kids who can handle hard things? Um, What are the things about self-esteem that we want to foster that will help develop an appropriate confidence, not a pride or an arrogance, but but how to develop that kind of resilience Mm -hmm. that comes and the ability to navigate situations? I read something that kind of leads into into that question that you just have and it and it talks about the parents role with our kids that two ends of the spectrum that we can have a tendency to land on one is being over involved and yes. when we are over involved it means that we are fixing our kids' problems for them, um, or we're protecting them from mm-hmm. every sort of rejection or, you know, what other people say. And so we're, we're almost overstepping and not allowing them to figure out how to maneuver situations and to maneuver conflict and relationships with people. And then you have the, sometimes over-involved too can include being 
very critical or very harsh with your kids, right? And then you have the other extreme, which is unsupportive and absent, like you go figure it out, you know, the suck it up, you know, you're on your own, take care of this. Um, When we have such a beautiful role of hearing them, being a safe space where they can come to share, this is what's going on. And we want to foster that environment and recognizing that what they're going through and what they're feeling, we don't want to dismiss. It's big. It's big for them. It's big in their world, but also allowing them to come up with suggestions in how maybe they can navigate this. Well, what do you, how do you think maybe you could handle that situation or what does that situation have a tendency to tell you about who you are? Well, let's talk about who you really are, according to the Lord. And so we have to find that balance. And it kind of, as they get older, we give them more and more space to practice that resilience, right? To practice that independence. Um, But every step we're guiding along the way, and we want to be that space where they can come. I love that because sometimes we're just quick to go to the solution. Mm -hmm. Like our kids ask us a question or they present a problem and we immediately give them the solution without telling them all the internal processes and all the experiences that we have that helped us arrive at that conclusion. Yeah. But with a dialogue and asking them questions and input and like, well, how do you see this? What do you do? Helps them get to the spot where they can confidently navigate whatever the situation is. That's a good which one. Is, which is, which goes back to what we've said time and time again, parenting is for the long game, not, not just short. Gosh, like, Chase, why do you have to keep reminding us of that? <laughs> short I want to put solutions, so can you get there, please? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's so difficult just having the dialogue, having the yeah. conversation, and, and you, because it's exhausting. I mean, you got... And sometimes you go round and round and round about the same topic, about the same issue, but we got to ask the question, is it worth, is it worth our while? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. We just have to figure out how to make time for it. Yeah. yeah. And we can't always fix it. We can't always and fix honestly, it. And honestly, that's, yeah, yeah. sometimes that's the exhausting part is yeah. we, we think we have the solution mm-hmm. and maybe we don't have the solution for whatever that moment mm-hmm. is, but it's hard. There yeah. is a... There's an idea of a picture in my head of what would be an appropriate self-esteem, an appropriate self-worth. But then there's also this imaginary gray line in it, which says, hey, this is, this is arrogant. This is proud. This is self-seeking. Like what's, what, there's a gray line between humility and self-deprecation and yeah, confidence and pride. So how do we figure out where those are? Is it different <laughs> for every kid? Is it different for every individual? Does it change based on the situation? How do we foster good self-esteem without developing prideful monsters? And how do we celebrate humility without fostering self-deprecation? Like what's the, where are some balances there? I think that's a hard question. I think when we... That's why we brought you here. Right, here I am, here I am. Um, and the more we know our kids... Mm-hmm the more we can kind of see behind some of those things. Um, but uh, to do something with humility really is doing something for the glory of God um, and to show someone else the love of God. And so when you're when you're self-deprecating, it's, well, I'm really no good at that or you know, I shouldn't get, well, we shouldn't get credit for it, but it's, you're, yeah. t- you're, you're coming back to those I statements, mm. you know? Um, and so I think that's the difference between doing something in humility, doing it because we recognize the bigness of the love of God. And so we want others to see the bigness of the love of God and that mm-hmm. it's the why behind 
what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. It goes you back know, to that motivation. It's yeah. the, it, 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 is, it is the motivation behind it. It's the why behind it. And I'm guilty of this. Sometimes the motivation behind self-deprecation or a low self-esteem is attention. Is attention and, and because recognition. Because I need that yeah. feedback. I need yes. those words of affirmation. And, and I think I even see that in, in kids, having done kids ministry. Sometimes the thing that you get when you say something negative about yourself is that immediate attention or that immediate right. positive reinforcement. And what a kid is telling me is that, hey, words of affirmation are my love language and I need you to give me more. Yeah. Um, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But we also want to see where that navigates towards, is this something you said in the moment to get some attention because you're not getting one of your needs met? Or are these part of your core beliefs? Like, do you really believe this about yourself? Because mm-hmm. if so, we got to change the narrative. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, where are they pointing the attention? Where are we pointing the attention? We're always shining a flashlight somewhere. It's either on ourselves with needing attention and maybe it's self-deprecation type yeah. of thing, or we're shining the flashlight on others saying, look how awesome they did at that, how they're celebrating the friends around them. And I think that's sometimes where we see the humility versus the the self-berating, the self-deprecation, the, self, the, the negative self-talk that we see. Where are we shining the flashlight? Yeah. And I think there's something that you just said, Nick, that's so important because we... One of our children was more maybe dramatic than the other children. Um, no I names, yeah. no <laughs> names on here. Um, and so sometimes it was hard to know: were we wanting attention, or is there something really like yeah. just really going on underneath there? But I think if they are looking for attention, there is something big going on. Mm-hmm underneath there. Yeah. Um, and so to just skip over it, you're just being dramatic. You're just being, it, it's to sit down and press in. So tell me why, why you said that, like what, mm. what is it that you're wanting in saying that or doing that? And let's talk about the why, let's talk about who you are. Let's talk about what the Lord says about who you are, you know, what the Lord would want for you to do in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just really need to pay, it's just, it's pay attention, yeah. <laughs> pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Yep. Yeah. We are archeologists of our kids. Yeah. We got to dig <laughs> and find yeah. what's yeah. beneath the surface. What an incredible role. In everything. I love it. Yeah. What an incredible role. Yeah. Well, I think we can kind of, again, we knew that this was not going to come to a conclusion, (laughs) that this was going to be a to be continued moment Um, because anything else that we've talked about, we've talked about, you know, sin, how do you grapple with like your own sin? How do you acknowledge and help your kids understand when they've made a mistake, what that looks like? We've talked about prayer. There's, we've got so many conversations coming up. Yeah. They all have at their root and at their core, what does a kid think about themselves and how do they understand the way the world perceives worth and value? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all really influential in the moment. And so we want to keep this conversation going. For sure. You have already said yes to coming back, Kathy. I'm so in. we'll be <laughs> for a future conversation about worth yeah. in our kids yeah. and yeah. what we do to develop that resilience. We hope that you'll continue listening as we have really just conversations and we prompt you to think thoughts about what do we say? What do we do? How yeah. do we react when the world presents all these challenges, when our own sin nature rears its ugly head and when our kids ask really tough questions or even offer us clues as to what they're really thinking about life? Right. We're going to keep doing this, having these conversations together. Can I pray us out? Yes, yep. please. Father, we're thankful for this day. I'm thankful for the chance to gather and have conversations about worth and value. We know that all of our worth, all of our value comes from the love that you have for us. It's not something we earn. It's not something we can lose. It comes from your goodness, um, your implanted value, your image in us and from Christ who redeems us. 
um, help us to know that, but then also to live it in such a way that impacts this next generation that you've entrusted to us. Thank you for my friends here today and the influence that they have over their own children and the impact that they have on me personally and what we get to do together as a team. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this day and for this important conversation. Amen. Amen. What to Say When is part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe now as we take off on this incredible parenting journey together.